Welcome to the Extra here on KRDO News Radio. I am your host, Andrew Rogers, and uh, we're continuing to highlight the 12 candidates running for mayor in the upcoming April 4th municipal election here in Colorado Springs. I'm joined in studio this hour by Christopher Mitchell, one of those candidates. Christopher, thank you so much for your time this morning. Thanks a lot for having me here, Andrew. Thank you. Absolutely. I'm going to start off the interview as I have with all the other candidates we've spoken with so far. Some have said this is the easiest question. Some have said this is the hardest question, just to be honest. Uh, who exactly is Christopher Mitchell? Okay. Uh, well, I'm a uh, I'm an engineer by trade, electrical engineering. Primarily, I work in uh, defense uh, domains as an electrical engineer that I design electronics and I... Pr- perform embedded software uh, coding. Okay. And I'm running for mayor because I'd like to bring critical thinking skills to the office as an engineer. Yeah, and as you've uh, kind of worked as an engineer right now, how long have you been in Colorado Springs? Uh, I've been here since 1998. I started uh, as a resident of Colorado in 1994. I started off in Aurora working for Buckley Air Force Base and then in 1997, late 90, uh, 1997, December, I moved down here. Perfect. And we'll go, we'll talk more about kind of the specifics of the mayor's race, but what got you interested in general about uh, kind of public service and giving back to the community? Okay. Um, well, as I have been here in Colorado Springs, I've really adopted the community and the culture here as my own. It's just something I've taken ownership of. And then uh, after the Waldo Canyon fire, I became what I would say a volunteer for the rebuilding of Mountain Shadows. I am a resident of Mountain Shadows currently. And that was somewhat like the springboard for my involvement in the community. And then from there, I grew out more on a more independent basis of just wanting to support the community and make Colorado Springs the best city possible. Yeah, and you mentioned you've been here in Colorado Springs since uh, about 98. So what have you seen as far as the big differences in Colorado Springs in that uh, kind of 25-year spirit span? Well, that's a good question because when I moved here in 98, uh, the, the corner of Woodman and Academy, there's a Home Depot there now. Mm-hmm. And when I moved here, there were farmhouses still there. And so I've seen a lot of change, especially in terms of our growth. I mean, that is one of the top issues we're looking at in my, in my candidacy here is the growth. But I would say that I've seen the city transform over the decades um, from what, what I would call a very small, closely knit community to more of a dynamic larger community, which is growing. And I feel that we need to maybe look at how that growth is occurring. Yeah. And you mentioned, you know, your background as an engineer and kind of bringing some more of the critical thinking tools uh, to government right now. Talk to me a little bit about kind of what you mean by that and what that would look like for you. Okay. So as an engineer, I like having what I call organization and planning as the top things that I look for in a task. And so my involvement in city processes in terms of, say, attending planning commission meetings or following uh, current uh, issues going through city council is that I see that there's a disjointedness in the way our processes work. And in other words, what I mean disjointed, meaning that one department has an objective and the other, another department may have an equally valid uh, mission but they're not cohesive at the, for as an overarching city direction and plan. 
Yeah, and that's where kind of having that uh, more streamlined engineer A plus B equals C would kind of help make sure that the left hand knows what the right hand is doing. Yes, and I can give you a, just a working example. For example, when I'm in planning commission meetings, mm -hmm. frequently it comes up by uh, speakers in that forum is what, how are you considering an evacuation plan in determining whether or not a land use topic is going to be recommended to city council? And their response is, it's not being considered. And see, it's, there's like a compartmentalization. Mm -hmm. uh, evacuation plans are important, but also planning for our growth is important. But they're not inner, the, those two are disjointed. They're not, they're compartmentalized in their objectives, yet not tied together for the larger purpose of what is best for the community and the overarching goals. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, you know, it's a very interesting concept because, as you mentioned, too, a lot of these are really not just one department issues versus another, and everything is going to have that kind of domino effect as well. And kind of hearing some of that uh, appearance that it is very, you know, compartmentalized and they're not considering that large-scale thing is, you know, could be very concerning. Yes, and, and so this is why I feel that bringing uh, an engineering viewpoint mm -hmm. towards city management is important. And, and in terms of city management in a purest form is being the CEO of an of the city. That's what the mayor's job is, CEO, so to speak. But also the mayor's producing a budget. And those are what I call called out in the charter. However, what is the overarching connectivity on those activities is what I'm really driving toward is that the mayor is managing departments, but is the mayor managing those departments so that their message to uh, the overarching goals of the, the city are being realized, but cohesively realized. Absolutely. I'm joined in the studio by Christopher Mitchell, candidate for mayor of Colorado Springs. We're going to continue this conversation. We have to step away for a brief moment, we'll be, but we will be right back right here on KRDO News Radio. Welcome back to The Extra here on KRDO News Radio. Continuing to talk with the candidates for mayor of Colorado Springs. Joined this hour by Christopher Mitchell. We talked uh, during that first segment about your background, Christopher, as well as kind of overall views towards leadership. And uh, our next big question is, what made you decide to throw your hat into the ring for mayor of Colorado Springs? Okay, I am a person of action. Okay. Um, I believe that if you feel that... You want to make a difference. You need to go for it. Okay. That is really the kind of the layman's term that I would use is, is you, you go out there and pursue your goals. And of course, that it, with a lot of endeavors, there's always going to be hurdles to, or, or the unknown. Mm -hmm. But I feel that the best way to grow in life, uh, personally, occupationally, is to challenge oneself into new horizons and if you and i felt last year that i thought about it quite a bit uh, leading up to december and then in january i decided i'm going to do this yeah and you know as somebody who has that engineering background not a career politician you know was there a, a moment that you said you know hey enough's enough i know you mentioned going to a number of planning commission meetings things like that so was there kind of a, a linchpin that said you know this is too much we need another voice and somebody to take on that challenge you mentioned. Yes, the primary issue that has driven me to this uh, decision to run for mayor 
is the growth issue okay. for Colorado Springs because I feel that we're in a inflection point at which we are losing our traditional community look and feel, and we have to for the just the growth and more growth paradigm, and I feel that the growth and more growth paradigm is out of control. Absolutely. And, you know, you mentioned during that first segment, really approaching the job as the uh, CEO of Colorado Springs and making sure that even the departments and everyone underneath that kind of top level of the mayor has that unified vision and uh, kind of, you know, same mindset for the city. So what would that kind of vision statement and uh, kind of direction to the departments be under a Mitchell administration? Okay. Well, for basically... Um, I would look at more cohesive communication. We have interdepartmental communication and intra. So intra just basically means within. Mm-hmm. And so we need to work on interdepartmental communication. And that's more than just having the regular uh, staff meeting with the department heads. That is having a unified vision that the departments are working together rather than saying, for example, I go back to the planning department. They say that is not part of our criteria for approving this initiative or this land use topic. And they say that we're not concerned with, uh, say, evacuation plans, to me, demonstrates that. And they need to, the, 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 the interconnection needs to be more cohesive so that they are considering the macro level views of other departments in decision making rather than just saying it's not our job to worry about that right now. Yeah, somebody that's, else's that's very issue. uneasy for me because that shows that the departments are basically operating even though they're fulfilling their internal mission, say public works, city planning, economic development, where is the cohesiveness in that message and that mission? And that is what I need to work on. But it really goes back to promoting and implementing interdepartmental communication at a higher level. Absolutely. Another one of those uh, departments that you would have a lot of uh, coordination with, a lot of work with as mayor would be the police, obviously, being part of the selection process for a potential police chief, working very closely with the existing police chief, Adrian Vasquez. Let's talk a little bit about uh, your thoughts when it comes to uh, public safety as well. And how do you think things are going right now with CSPD as somebody who would be setting that tone for those departments as well? Okay, uh, I believe that the police need to be honored and respected for their work. And this is a de facto role of the mayor. Mm-hmm. It isn't called out specifically in the charter as a function, but it is a de facto role that the police needs to be completely, the, the mayor needs to be completely supportive of the police and the fire and, our evacu- and, and working toward evacuation plan development. Because all this goes into one thing, public safety public well-being mm-hmm. and so my vision for we are definitely having challenges in recruitment and that is because there's perception uh say if i'm looking to go into the law enforcement there's a perception that there's these barriers such as one being the uh occupational safety because we hear more and more in the news about how fentanyl 
is not only a problem in terms of a drug that's being used and it's being it's killing people, but there's also fentanyl lacing, where items say at a police stop, say a, a weapon or say cash, have a fentanyl lacing, and they can cause the officer to get sick or have some sort of uh, illness. And so we're 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 also so the, this is just one example of what I call occupational safety, okay. where we need to shore up. Uh, those new threats in occupational safety just beyond, say, OSHA requirements or some other standard requirement, we need to start looking at what is occupational safety that we're, that the people coming into the forest and people that are already in the forest are protected. But also we need to make sure that they have the right equipment and the funding even in times of economic downturn. Mm-hmm. They need to be top priority because in times of economic downturn, turn, that's when you can have also increases in crime. So we can't just say that because there's an economic downturn, we have to trim budgets here and here. We have to be smart on how we trim them and manage them in economic downturn. But the public safety needs to be always prioritized because it's a necessary, it's it's, it's like the core competency mm-hmm. of what the city government should be providing to the to the residents. Absolutely. And you know, you'd mentioned kind of that not being part of the job of mayor in the charter, but that is a big part, you know, not only setting the tone, but the support and kind of going from what the mayor used to be a couple years ago, kind of that cheerleader, kind of roll them out, open businesses, do ribbon cuttings, shake hands, kiss babies, to now this is more of the chief executive as well working with that legislative branch. And how do you think it is going working with uh, these kind of two elected bodies between the mayor's office as well as city council? Um, well, I feel that with it, within any body mm-hmm. uh, of, or of government, you have checks and balances. So in terms like, say, if I every year I'm required as mayor to produce a budget, Mm-hmm. And so that budget will be reviewed and we wrangle, we, we go, you know, we, we discuss it. We go, okay, I don't, I don't think this is a good budget in this category or so forth and so on. But I feel that we need to have lines of communication and I will be a mayor that will work with those who disagree with me. And I will also say that I can be convinced to change my mind on topics if I'm given a rational basis for changing my mind. Absolutely. And so I I guess what I'm saying is I'll be reasonable, but I also will be firm that, like I said, there's certain non-negotiables like public safety, which I feel are need to be maintained at any cost because that's the core competency of order in a city and keeping the citizens safe. Yeah, it's the kind of line in the sand. You know, Christopher, we're up against a break. We have a checkup with our top local and statewide headlines. In the meantime, if anyone wants to get more information, some more specifics about your policies, things like that, learn a little bit more about you, what's the best way to do so? Um, basically, uh, my website is uh, patriotcowboyrevolution.com. And then I have a Facebook page, uh, Christopher Mitchell for Mayor. Perfect. And again, that website is Patriot Cowboy Revolution or Christopher Miller for Mayor over on Facebook. We'll be back in just a moment with a check of our top national, international headlines. Much more of the conversation still ahead as well with Christopher Mitchell right here on KRDO News Radio. 
Welcome back to The Extra here on KRDO News Radio. I'm Andrew Rogers, joined by Christopher Mitchell, a candidate for mayor. Do have a quick correction. If you're looking to find Christopher over on Facebook, it's Christopher Mitchell for mayor. I apologize. I uh, gave you the wrong last name, so do apologize for that. Uh, but Christopher, we've been talking a lot about uh, your vision, things like that, kind of the role for mayor. Let's switch gears a little bit, talk about the city right now. From hearing the conversations so far, I kind of have a guess of what you would say the biggest issue currently facing Colorado Springs is, but what do you feel to be the biggest issue currently facing the city? Growth management. That would be it. That's okay. the summary. So how do we manage that growth then knowing that uh, we are still an attractive place to live and uh, we're kind of capped out as far as really ways that we can grow with uh, military installations and mountains really covering two of our borders? Okay. Um, I've adopted a set of policies that I've uh, pretty much devised on my own. Mm-hmm. It's called graduated growth planning. Okay. And this stems from engineering, of course, because I'm an engineer. Sounds like a very engineering title. <laughs> yes. And so what graduated growth planning is, is when you have what I call your inputs and your outputs to a task. Okay. And in this case, growth management is the task. And we have currently, I can enumerate some of the outputs of growth that would be good conservation of open space, mm-hmm. infrastructure upkeep and maintenance, uh, natural resource management, i.e. water would be one of the natural resources we need to keep in, in check as we grow or manage, I would say. Mm-hmm. And then also it's just the the look and feel of what Colorado Springs is going to be. Okay. And what I mean by that is we have two conflicting views in the candidate forums. Okay. One is high density, infilling, growth management. Okay. I am against that. I am graduated growth planning. What that is is where we grow incrementally and we consolidate our gains as we move along in that process of growth rather than just unfettered growth, just at random and without restraint. Graduated growth planning is a system by which we can grow, but we consolidate our gains. And I'll explain what that means. Consolidating our gains. Consolidation of gains, whether it be in personal growth or in the growth of a city means that you're taking what you have currently and fortifying it and solidifying that so that you have that in your portfolio for the next round of decisions. So it's basically an, a, a cycle. You grow and you consolidate. You grow and you consolidate. And so as I view Colorado Springs right now, we've grown a lot, but we're lacking a consolidation phase in which we look at where we are currently in terms of infrastructure, service coverage, uh, and, and service coverage is referring to things like public safety, um, and then natural resource management. We need to take a look at those, but not only take a look at them, but consolidate that into a next phase of growth. And so there's a basically what I call a pause or a slowing down of growth while you're consolidating in order to prepare for the next growth spurt or the growth 
initiative. Okay, so kind of grow, then assess what everything is looking like, where the success is, and then allow back on based off of what you've learned during that first phase. Yes, and that goes back to what I was talking about before, is that within our planning and development department, Mm -hmm. there's more or less a disjointed, compartmentalized view. Graduated growth planning minimizes the compartmentalization and maximizes your stability. So right now we are in a growth phase, which is unstable, unpredictable, random, because we lack the consolidation phase part of this growth Mm -hmm. process. And I know another thing you've mentioned with a lot of this growth as well has been kind of the issue as far as the infrastructure and evacuation protocols as well. Obviously something that rides very, you know, near and dear to your heart as a Mountain Shadows resident, but how do we balance that knowing that we have, you know, such growth on the east side of the community, which is going to need different evacuation tools and might have more of an evacuation style or, you know, emergency event closer to what we saw in Boulder County with the Marshall Fire versus what we've already seen with the uh, Waldo Canyon Fire? Okay, and that's a very good question because, see, your question, you're compartmentalizing. You're saying Mm -hmm. Mountain Shadows, east side. So you're compartmentalizing two concepts. Which is somewhat what I'm alluding to is that in the consolidation phases of the plans that I'm working out, yeah, is that you are integrating a much higher level solution for evacuation plans, which will consider those compartments, okay, that we're just discussing. You know, the east side, more grass fire threats, yeah, wind driven, higher density versus further spaced apart. Forest fire driven. Exactly. And then West Side still, mm-hmm. even after the Waldo Canyon fire, there's still pine trees in people's yards and for greenery around facilities and things of that nature. So it's a different paradigm on on these two compartments, but they need to be consolidated. And as if we grow too fast, that consolidation doesn't happen and those systems will not be in place in a stable fashion. Okay. So that's where I'm trying to sew together what how compartmentalization is minimized and stability is maximized in the topics of, say, service coverage, evacuation plans, uh, natural resource usage. And just recently, we had a water rule for eastward annexations mm-hmm. and to regulate those, how we're growing yeah. eastward. But the number of 130% may be a good starting point, but in the if consolidation phases are introduced, that number can be adjusted as to what their actual needs are because we're making a, a guess, okay, an educated guess of what we're going to need. But that's not necessarily the case that as we grow, we can consolidate on that number and then say, okay, we want to maybe move that up or move it down, and then we can see... But if we're growing so rapidly, we don't have time to reevaluate where we are in the consolidation phase that we lose the order of the progression. Okay. Yeah, I was going to ask you about water. You definitely brought that up. What are some of the other big issues that you currently see as far as uh, pressing needs over the next four to eight years in Colorado Springs? Economic development. Okay. Most definitely. Um, I believe that For the most part, over the past few decades, we have remained in the defense industry, 
service industry paradigm mm-hmm. in this city. Uh, of course, there's exceptions to that. We do have some technology here, but as an engineer, in the last 20 years, I've seen a lot of the main players for technology, startups, etc. private industry for technology leave because they can go to other places more lucrative where there's larger talent pools for them to uh, bring in employees and better lucrative deals uh, in which they can set up shop. And so we need to bring a better, a more balanced portfolio back to this community of economics. And I mean, educational startups, even gig economy. I mean, I'm, I do gig economy sometimes as an engineer. So I think having flexibility in the marketplace and we need to have enough offerings. So there's upward mobility for the residents of Colorado Springs. Yeah. And, you know, with that and kind of with your, you know, graduated growth principles that you outlined, how do you balance that need to attract these, you know, different industries, these uh, other employers that would obviously bring and attract new talent pools to Colorado Springs, but we'd still need to find somewhere to put people. Yes. You still have to have what I call housing. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's, that's the bottom line is you, they have to live somewhere. So that once again, I believe that we have to evaluate. See, we make projections in the housing industry. It's a basically we're making a speculative industry where we say we're going to build these many houses because we feel we're going to have these many people. Okay. But once again, if you're introducing consolidation, you can gauge better, more accurately, how many housing types and number thereof that you're going to need to accommodate the next growth stage and that next growth stage will be unified with economic development which will be unified with other things and that's not what is happening right now okay so very compartmentalized uh dynamics yeah so kind of looking at it as far as finding people to come here then working with that as opposed to kind of that field of dreams mindset that if we build it someone will come exactly yeah, I'm more of a methodical grow and then look at where you are mm-hmm. and then grow some more. But that doesn't mean we stop growing during consolidation. Yeah. But it just simply means we need to take a a little bit, throttle, throttle back a little bit on some of the aspects of the dynamics of growth and look at the outcroppings of that growth and how they are being managed and consolidated into the next phase of growth. That is what I'm talking about. Perfect. Such as infrastructure is another input into that next phase of growth. Absolutely. When it comes to infrastructure, what needs to be done as far as uh, bringing our infrastructure up to speed as well as fixing some issues that uh, may be decades behind that uh, we really can't fix anymore as far as like east-west mobility, things like that, knowing that uh, we're so far behind the ball that there's a lot of established neighborhoods that are in you know jeopardy at points. Um, that's a tough question, uh, honestly, because it it would require as an engineer, I would say a little bit more data. Um, but as mayor, I would tell you how I would approach it. I would first consult with say planning uh, or the the city works department who takes care of the, uh, some of the infrastructure issues and things of that nature, but then also look at the planning department. Once again, two different departments and get input from them on the best way to proceed. But 
on the other hand, when I say input, that doesn't mean that I'm just going to be completely just taking their word for it. In other words, I would take it as input and then as an engineer, applying my critical thinking and and surrounding myself with the right advisors, I would say that I would start looking at formulating reasonable, practical pathways forward on these issues. Uh, because I'm, as an engineer, I'm hesitant to say this is the way I would handle something if I don't have the data. And as mayor, I would say how I would get the data was simply to talk to people who are domain experts and then let's work, start working these problems in a synergistic way, meaning that I'm bringing critical thinking skills. I have a staff that's going to be doing the same, and then we'll start working out solutions that will actually be practical. Because as an engineer running for mayor, my administration will be practical. That yeah. is the overarching phrase there. I will be practical. Absolutely. We have to take one more short break. We're going to continue the conversation with Christopher Mitchell still ahead right here on Cardio News Radio. It's the extra. Welcome back to The Extra here on KRDO News Radio. It has been a fascinating conversation with Christopher Mitchell, candidate for mayor in the upcoming April 4th election. Christopher, we've talked about so much. Is there anything in particular that you think that we haven't got to that you wanted to make sure that we speak about today? Uh, yes, I want to talk about what I feel at, at the high level are things we need to change okay. in this city. Uh, the primary thing is follow through. What I mean by follow through is that when you embark on an enterprise and set your mind that you're going to do something, you follow through mm -hmm. because uh, you can have a vision and you can tout that as a politician and say, I believe that we can do this and that and the other thing. But if you have no follow through, it doesn't mean anything. And so in this city right now, there's lack of follow through. There's lack of follow through on the homelessness problem. Uh, because I can see that we have increasingly are having problems with that, the homelessness problem. Mm -hmm. And I see lack of follow through on growth management. I see lack of follow through on making sure that public safety is a priority in this city. And so I'm being delicate here. I don't want to be a harsh critic of the current mayor, but there's lack of follow through. And if elected, I will be a mayor and I will follow through on my, uh, what I say I'm going to do. Okay. Uh, I may not always agree with people and they may feel that I'm obst obstructing their ability to do things that are noble and great things, but I'm going to do what's practical and right for the, the residents of this city. I'm running as a mayor for the residents first. Yeah, and you know, you mentioned the, the homeless topic, and obviously we're coming up quickly on the end of the program, but what would you say the answer is to kind of address some of the issues within the homeless population? Okay, well, first of all, let me address what we currently have is we have um, the homeless outreach team mm -hmm. as part of the police department, and that was in the newspaper a few days ago uh, on a cleanup on, down at the CDOT location. And so basically that is just anecdotal for what's going on in the city. But I'm just saying that we need to have follow through uh, in terms of law enforcement, in terms of public health. The libraries should not be homeless shelters. They should be libraries. That's what they're there for. 
And so, first of all, we need to look at this problem and this, these challenges in terms of what it takes to have the image of the city in line with what we call ourselves, a city of champions. And I want to make this city a city of the future. And in order to do that, we have to, we have to walk the walk, not just talk the talk. And as mayor on this issue, I'm going to be driven on one prong of the issue to clean up the city and we need to make libraries libraries again, not homeless shelters. And we need to make public spaces um, public where people can go and feel comfortable. And there shouldn't be people sleeping on private property around town, going into private businesses if they're homeless. Um, now, that is the law enforcement, public safety, health issue or side of the issue. Mm-hmm. But I'm also, I also believe that as mayor, I will readily work with the community groups and non-city entities in order to find redemptive pathways forward for these people. Perfect. You know, unfortunately, we're up against the clock. Uh, Christopher, we appreciate the time. If people want to get more information about you, reach out, engage with the campaign. Again, what's the best way to do so? Um, PatriotCowboyRevolution.com is my website. It's a very, it's a little bit out of the box uh, for a campaign uh, website, but yes, PatriotCowboyRevolution.com. And then uh, Christopher Mitchell for Mayor, Facebook. Perfect. Christopher, we appreciate the time and joining us here today on KRDO News Radio. Thank you very much. That does it here for the extra. We have the Tom Martino Show still ahead right here on KRDO News Radio.